You're listening to ADHD Diversified, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, MJ, a Canadian-born Asian with ADHD. Here on ADHD Diversified, we're not just sharing stories, we're diversifying the voices, the experiences, and the way we share those stories. We know ADHD is not defined by skin color, ethnic background, or where we are on the globe. But how we navigate with our ADHD, if it gets recognized at all, can be determined by our environments, upbringing, and culture, especially in underrepresented communities. It's not just about awareness, it's about opening the conversation and turning awareness into acceptance. Because no matter who we are or where we are from, we are all allowed to ADHD in the unique ways that we do. So if you have ADHD and you're wondering where you fit in, you're in the right place. Find out more on our website at ADHDdiversified.ca. Anyway, transitions are hard, so enough with the intro and let's jump in. Potential, potential, potential. You're not living up to your potential, they say. How many of you have heard that too? For me, it's a phrase that's been repeated on report cards, past employers, from extracurricular groups, from family and friends, and really, it got old pretty quick. Why? Because for me, it became a phrase that felt like it boxed me into someone else's expectations, like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Yep, I'm circling back to it. Expectations. It's another common theme, it seems, at least on this show, because it kind of goes back to like how ADHD doesn't match up with the model minority myth. And even more than that, just with the current general societal norms, which are shifting, you know, have heavily involved like getting stuff done and hustle culture and whatever, whatever, blah, blah ideas of success that we're bombarded with all the time. Like, you could do this if. You could do that if. I mean, sure, I could, and sure, any of us could, because there is potential in all of us. But what if we don't want what our perceived potential can bring us? What if we don't want what it could bring? And what if we've been told too many times that we've only wasted our potential? See what I mean? It, it just does get old really quick. And, you know, for me, the self-talk that I've had about living up to my potential, whatever the hell that meant at the time, you know, it wasn't always positive. Sometimes it still isn't. And in the past, that negative talk wasn't just from me, but from other people too. Like, first of all, I can already be pretty mean to myself, thank you very much. But when I've been guilted or shamed into quote-unquote wasting my life or my breath into another quote-unquote dead-end idea, that doesn't help me grow at all. And I'm sure that if you've heard that, that probably didn't help you grow either. I'm pretty sure that that kind of talk doesn't help anyone grow. And if it does, well, it's probably not very fulfilling, and it probably feels empty. But before we move on, let's talk about what potential is. Well, if we look up um, potential in the Oxford Dictionary, potential is defined as having or showing the capacity to become or develop into something in the future, or latent qualities or abilities that may be developed and lead into future success or usefulness. All right, that makes sense. And here's a story. <laughs> like, I remember in the third grade when our music teacher had pitched to my parents that I should be enrolled in some kind of program with the Royal Conservatory of Music or whatever. And guess who decided to not do that? Me. I didn't want that. 
Well, okay, okay, as a kid, I had no idea what the hell the Royal Conservatory of Music was, and at the time, I didn't care, because I didn't know what it was. It just sounded like some other thing that I was supposed to do, and I was like, I don't want to do that. And actually, when I think about it, if I'd gone that route, I probably wouldn't have the same feeling about it than I did like over 10 years ago when I had gone to college the first time and was like, huh, missed opportunity. I could have done that. Even I saw in myself like the potential that I had, keyword being had, I guess. Like I can't rewind and I can't change the past because while there was a lot that I could have done, there's a lot that I just flat out didn't do. Do you see what I'm getting at? Like I had potential to enroll. I had the recommendation or whatever. I had potential to become a musician or, you know, I would have been <laughs> I would have been that stereotypical Asian kid who was like playing the piano or maybe took up the violin or the flute or whatever. Well, okay, actually right now I do play the piano. Uh, I took lessons very briefly when I was a kid, but it was boring as hell, so I convinced my parents to pull me out of that. Moving on. So, yeah, there's this idea that as we're growing up, whether we were diagnosed, um, there was always this comment like what I mentioned at the beginning. Student not living up to their potential. Or, you have so much potential. Even my parents, you know, with their good intentions, they really pushed me for things that like, you know, they, they thought it was good for me, right? But they just, certain things just didn't interest me. Not at the time anyway. And, you know, some things that they encouraged me to do, they still don't interest me now. So while I had potential, it wasn't my idea of the potential that I had. And while I'm sure like there's so much that I could have done, my ADHD probably got in the way. Now, I myself was not diagnosed as a kid. There were clearly some issues of inattentiveness and hyperactivity because I was inattentive and hyperactive and kind of bored. And I had so many other interests outside of classwork that all of those other things that didn't really have to do with homework, duh, <laughs> like I didn't want to do them. And I've come to realize like it's pretty amazing what boredom can do to a person. Like you want to do everything, but the things that you pick up or rather like the things like I was told to do or pick up as a kid were just so, I thought they were so boring and dull. Sit in a classroom, who wants to do that? Like, I didn't want to sit at my desk in the classroom. Ironically, I sit at my desk a lot now. Huh. Anyway, like, I would have rather played with Lego or build a car out of Kinex or something, if anybody remembers Kinex. Yay. And yeah, like, I didn't want to do math homework. I didn't want to practice my times tables. But I did, kind of, under inner protest and out of obligation because that's not what I wanted to do. So if you can relate to that, how many of you, no matter when you were diagnosed, whether you were a kid or an adult, oops, whether you were a kid or an adult, do you look back and think, man, I could have done so much more? If you're raising your hand or nodding your head with a resounding yes, you're not alone. And I think that's the difference between the potential others see in us versus the potential we see in ourselves. And I guess this kind of goes one of two ways. The first is that the potential that others see in us is sometimes the potential that they want for us. Of course, right? So whether it's pitched to us that it's in our best interests, or if it's pitched to us with their best intentions, or maybe not, um, 
it can sometimes often lead to disappointment. And then it spirals. Say, if someone were to say to you that you have such great potential to become a great accountant. Ugh, I wish I could think of a better example. Anyway, yeah, so like, you could be an accountant extraordinaire. Let's say, for example, like you have a gift with numbers. So with that gift or talent, someone else or others see in you that you can become this brilliant numbers person, like using it to be a mathematician or something. Again, not being very creative. So let's say that even though you're really good with numbers, you have absolutely no interest in becoming an accountant or a mathematician or any related profession that involves heavy number crunching. So when you quote unquote throw away or shy away from that gift or talent or opportunities that come up because of it or whatever, it's almost like you might feel like others are looking down on you or are disappointed in you because you, the person with the gift, didn't live up to what others thought you could be or should be. Like, I'm sure a lot of us have heard, like, what a waste of talent or what a waste of a great thing they have. Don't they know that they have it or are they not even grateful for it? Yep, me too. Not with math. Nope, definitely not with math, but with other things. And that kind of talk, like telling people that they're just wasting their talents, it already puts a higher level of shame onto us that we already have. And then all of a sudden I'm like, now I really don't want to do that. Then it turns into a whole other shame spiral or like, well, I could have, but I didn't. So I guess I must just have disappointed everyone around me. And even though I thought this maybe is what I should have done or what I could have done or what I was supposed to do, maybe if I would have done it, I would have been happier or others might be happier, yada, yada, yada. You know, that usual negative self-talk spiral. Then there's the potential that we see in ourselves. And that doesn't always line up with the gifts and talents that we might already have. Say... Okay, like, we could be an accountant, but we'd rather work in application development for a tech company or maybe start our own tech company. And then someone else says, well, why would you do that? You already have a way with numbers. Why throw away or waste the talent you have for something else that you can't even do yet? Yeah, thanks. That's helpful. Again, like, do you see where I'm getting at? Like, there are things that we're good at. There are skills that we have that we're pretty awesome at. And then there are gifts and talents that we possess that we have a knack for. And when others see them, yeah, I mean, they want us to use them. And I'm guilty of that mentality for others. Like, okay, so someone I know who is really, really well-spoken can take literally any kind of subject matter, learn about it, and then break it down in such a way that pretty much everyone can understand. And I'm like, dude, you could totally be a public speaker or a moderator or a coach or be in like management or leadership or something. And then they're like, no, I don't like public speaking. I don't want the responsibility, yada, 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 yada. I don't blame them. I don't want responsibility either. <laughs> and yeah, I would definitely think that same thing. But when I heard it and it came from somebody else, I couldn't help but, you know, go to the default. Like, but why not? Why wouldn't you want to do that? You've got a knack for it. Which again, like when I'm asked that question, it's kind of the perfect question to make me not do that. Is this all making sense? So yeah, there are things that we're good at. Then there are aspirations and things that we want to learn or improve on or get better at. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to adventure into new things. That's all part of growth. And so when we sort of branch out outside of some of the natural gifts and talents that we might have. You know, maybe it's the ADHD and maybe we're a little bit rebellious and maybe we just want something different for ourselves than what others want for us. And maybe we end up with all these different interests and hobbies because we can't pick one. 
And then we look back and then we wonder, like, why can't we? Why couldn't we? Or why didn't we just stick to that thing that we were good at? It can be tough to find that middle ground between following the potential others see in us versus the potential that we see in ourselves. Like, especially coming from our parents or our communities or our teachers. Basically anybody of authority, really. And it can be hard to kind of break off from the path that someone wants us to take versus the path that we want to take. Because, you know, we don't want to disappoint other people. But at the same time, if we follow that thing, like, we might be really miserable. Or we might be happy, I don't know. It just depends and there's nothing for sure. So whichever one we choose, whether with our preloaded gifts and talents or with a dream-filled knapsack ready to take on a different adventure, it really is hard to say which one will be easier. And that's kind of a misconception, isn't it? That if we only followed a path to further the things that we're already good at, that that would be easier. Well, it, it's not. Um, I'm sure that others have experienced that, that, you know, they follow the thing that they're naturally good at, and then all of a sudden it's like, this is miserable. So if you're like me and some of the things you want to pursue and the things you see potential for in your life, if those don't line up with the dreams that others have poured into you, do what makes your heart sing. It's cliche, I know, but really, do that. And sure, our ADHD will get in the way sometimes, a lot, whatever, something. We're probably going to take a lot of different paths. But if you have the right support system, if you have the right people who actually want to encourage you and push you and hold you accountable to the things that you want to do, that really is, I think, the thing that makes all the difference in the world. That's not to say don't follow what someone else suggests or sees in you, because you can do that too. But if you find yourself conflicted or burdened, I say take the adventurous route that you'll be happy with. And if at the end, or you start and you're not happy with it, it's okay to try something else. Because at the end of the day, it's your brain, it's your life, and even with ADHD, you still deserve to do what makes your heart sing. That's kind of the beauty of our ADHD, is that we are so resilient, and every time we find out something that doesn't work, we can always move on to the next. There's more to this, but I'll end it here, and I hope this sparks something in you. See you next time. Hey friends, it's MJ again. We've come to the end of today's show, but if you're still here, thanks for hanging out. Head over to our website to find show notes and additional resources for today's episode. You can find all of that at adhddiversified.ca. There, you'll also find the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network, ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers, ADHD Essentials with Brendan Mahan, and Hacking Your ADHD with Will Curb. And the newest addition to the ADHD Rewired podcast family, check out the ADHD-friendly lifestyle with Moira Mabin, now available on your favorite podcast player. You can find all of us at ADHDdiversified.ca. Join me and the rest of the ADHD Rewired podcast family for a live Q&A every second Tuesday of the month. 
Go to ADHDrewired.com slash events to register. You can subscribe to ADHD Diversified on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy listening to your favorite shows. If you want to support diversity and neurodiversity, share this podcast with your friends, family, and whoever you think needs to hear our message. Who knows? Maybe someone's self-advocacy just might start here. And if you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you gave us an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app where you can leave ratings and reviews. Remember, ADHD is not defined by skin color, ethnic background, or where we are on the globe. We all have a story, we all have a voice, and no matter who we are or where we are, we can come together to share our unique experiences. Let's keep the conversation going. Thanks again for being on this journey with me, and we'll talk to you in the next one.